The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. All right, we got a couple of things for housekeeping before we get started today, guys. One, somebody asked me in an email, what the hell does your shirt say the last time I wore this? Takes care of that. And it's true. Two, if you've been paying attention to the other channel, Storytime with Uncle Red at MC, you may have noticed a couple of things changing. One, the logo has changed. Two, the name has changed. That channel is now going to be known as Law and Foolishness with Uncle John. I've been beating myself up for a long time, making this, trying to make this decision, and uh, decided the other night that we're just going to go with it. Ever since I split off the stories, you know, we started as one channel, just Storytime with Uncle Reddit, on this channel, the Tales from Tech Support channel, and uh, I was starting to build a really loyal following around Tales from Tech Support, and I appreciate you guys for that, absolutely. But there's a couple of issues that I've been having. One of them is uh, ever since I split off the channels, the growth has been a little strange. Um, we're growing, and I'm not looking for you know viral videos by any means, um, but I am looking to grow, increase the audience, increase the reach, and everything like that, and it's just not happening. And I know there's a couple people, one in particular, who blamed me for all of it, and generally speaking, if your channel flourishes or if it fails, it's generally my fault, you know. I'm, I'm doing or not doing something, whatever. And I get that, but there's also, well, part of that doing and not doing, uh, you know, I know some people think I run my mouth too much. Most of you are very forgiving with the, you know, the long windedness. But anyway, I think what we're going to do is, and I know, I know what we're going to do is we're going to take the MC channel and all the stories we do over there, malicious compliance, pro revenge, petty revenge, entitled people, whatever tales from the squad car when we can find them. We're going to bring that all over here to this channel again, just like we started. We're going back to our old roots. So you're still going to have the Tales from Tech Support. You're still going to have the other stuff. It's just all going to be on one channel. Now, I know some of you, I can hear you already. I only want Tales from Tech Support. Well, I get that. And I understand that. And one thing you can still count on is each subject is going to have its own playlist still. It, it's always had its own playlist. It's going to still have its own playlist. So if you need to or want to, you can go directly through the playlist and pick the subject you want. Otherwise, you know, just kind of pay attention to the notifications when they come up. And if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's something that everybody can enjoy. The other channel, we're going to go to something a little bit different. We're going to go to, I have a thing in my brain about watching other people on YouTube uh, do bad things and get caught and have consequences. I watch a lot of the DUI stuff, traffic stops, uh, people running and evading, uh, just, you know, a certain portion of the population that just has never quite figured out how to get along in society. So uh, I, I'm going to start playing some of that stuff and giving my commentary for whatever it's worth. It may, to you, it may be worth nothing, but I'm going to try to do it, do it well, and uh, see how it goes. All right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the stories. Learning from the cheapest mistakes. Me equals me, O equals owner. My first job was editing videos and photos in a photo studio with the cheapest owner ever. I was paid $4 US a day. Wait, what? But I accepted it as an opportunity to learn Photoshop. 
Anyways, the owner was always cutting costs, and this bit him in the ass when one of the hard disk drives died in a PC. He had three. With some projects he hadn't delivered yet. Ouch. That day I talked to the owner about buying an NAS and having a RAID 1. He accepted having the NAS, but of a single bay because he wanted the cheapest option available. I stopped working there soon after and didn't have contact with owner. Q2 months ago. I'm called because the 8TB NAS died and owner was having a crisis because his whole business was on there. I told him his only option was sending the hard disk to a laboratory, but he received the news that nothing was salvageable. I talked to him and convinced him of buying an NAS for RAID 1 and he says that yes, it was necessary. So I researched about the NAS and found an excellent option and sent owner the link. He said that he found another one that was the cheapest available and he would buy that along with the cheapest hard disk drives. I'll be waiting for the call in the next couple years when the NAS burns his hard disk drives or something. Talk about learning from our mistakes. And down below from Captain Quick, he kept trying to hit the trifecta of good, cheap, fast. Pick any two. <laughs> he kept picking cheap and fast. Ready, fire, aim. Listen, I am a cheap SOB. I used to say, oh no, I'm frugal. I, I, I spend my money wisely. I research. No, I'm, I'm cheap. And I admit that I'm cheap. But I also know that, you know, you get what you pay for. So depending on the thing, like tools, let's, let's go with tools because I know tools. There are times when I will go to the big box stores and spend money on the name brand stuff. If I'm going to be using something every day, day in and day out, I'm going to be beating on it. And I know that it, this particular tool needs to last and it'll usually last me a year, two years, five years, whatever, depending on the tool, the manufacturer and the job I'm doing with it. There are other tools that I know I'm only going to use occasionally. I will go to Harbor Freight and gladly spend like a third, a quarter, an eighth of the price of the other brand tool, knowing that I'm only going to get a few uses out of it, but I only need it for a few uses and actually save money in the long run. Uh, and I honestly, with things like cordless drills, a lot of my cordless drills, they either have a lifetime warranty or they've just never given me a problem. Do I have to buy a battery occasionally? Yeah. Well, I had to do that with DeWalt, Milwaukee, all that stuff. So tell me what the difference is. So it all just depends. As long as you know what you're buying and getting into, and if it's going to do what you need it to do, fine. This guy, obviously not. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My girlfriend's not IT, but here's her story. My girlfriend is a bookkeeper, perfectly capable of using technology as far as an end user is intended to be able to, but by no means is she interested in being the IT person. Yet being that she's still the most technologically adept person in her office, that's obligatory, one of the many hats she's forced to wear. So her boss called her into his office yesterday because his numlock key popped off and he didn't know how to put it back on. Just gonna let that sit for a second. Anyway, she popped it back on for him. Probably with a pretty snarky face. Today she went into his office and saw a bottle or something strategically sitting on his numlock key. Naturally, she inquired as to why that's on there so conspicuously. And his reply? Yeah, that key just keeps popping off, so I glued it. Dude, I'm dying. Down below from Style99. Removable keycaps by no means being standard. He gets a pass on not knowing you just pop it back on. For all he knows, the keyboard is broken. 
Yeah, that key just keeps popping also I glued it. Now the keyboard is broken. Not many people would expect the average office user to know that there are keyboards where the keys just pop off and pop back on. Um, that's not something I grew up with. And I'm not a gamer. I didn't learn until a few years ago that there were keyboards that you could interchange the keys. And, you know, some of them you can even change the sounds they make. The clickety-clack, you know, depending on the color. Blues, browns, whatever. That's that's not my gig. That's not my jam. Did I say that out loud? That made me feel oogie. Anyway, you know, for me, that, that's something that, you know, if he was careful in the way that he glued it on, it's probably not broken. It'll probably function fine. Now, if he gobbed the glue on and, you know, it's some kind of Gorilla Glue that expands and stuff, then he may have very well trashed his keyboard. For a guy like that, why in the office? Why in an office where you're doing documents, research, web browsing, whatever, email, why would you have a keyboard or have a need for a keyboard with removable keys. Like the, the ones that pop, just pop on and off. I, I'm trying to figure that one out in my head. For me, doing what I do, I have no need for the clickety-clack keys. For me, I have my standard old Logitech generic keyboard. It's not totally silent. I, I do like the, the normal keys that stand up off the keyboard and everything. I don't like the low profile keys that are totally silent. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the noise. It's the, it's the feel for my fingers. So I have to be careful, like when I'm changing slides and things for these stories, not to, you know, start tap, tap, tap. And then as far as the mouse goes, my standard old Logitech wireless generic Walmart mouse. So it sounds like somebody needs to get this guy, you know, a standard mouse, whether it's wired or wireless and a standard, you know, keyboard and just, you know, stop messing with all the other stuff. Timing is key. Wow, I haven't been here in a while. Used to lurk, but now I've got a few short stories of my own. Cast of characters is... Me, Junior Sysadmin, PFY without the P or the Y. Mild streaks of BOFH, and only three years into the job, though this story takes place sometime during my first year. My primary task is tech support, and sometimes I have to wrangle external clients into setting up our software chain. For confidentiality reasons, I can't say exactly what that software is or what it does. And then there's the company, a magical place that pays me to convert above average quality coffee into configuration files, divided into the main office and field operations. Then there's the boss, CTO of the company. Since I got hired, he mostly sticks to development, but sometimes helps with sysadmin duties, especially when it comes to grant me access to a particular section of our labyrinth infrastructure. Exact opposite of a BOFH, which makes for some interesting chemistry. The company had a massive growth spurt that continues to this day, hiring left and right to meet ever-increasing client demands. As a result, our network hardware was starting to be a little short on ports dedicated to IP phones. Cascades of switches and crudely hacked together power supplies were abound. And so one day, Boss and I decided to order a new switch. Meet the new switch. Same as the old switch. Oh, dear God, I just sang that in my head. Woo! Due to how we're set up, a story that I don't even know fully, there is a very particular set of VLANs I have to configure through a serial port interface. That alone was already very fun to set up, but I forged onwards and used the web interface to set everything up, as those particular switches did not allow for copy-pasting config files. It takes a little time with me typing, one-handedly standing in front of the rack during lunchtime, as to make the downtime as transparent as possible for everyone. But we get there. I press the Save Configuration button, and every single phone in the building goes down at once. I begin sweating bullets. What the hell did I do? I undo my edits as quickly as humanly possible, while a concerned coworker inquires about me suddenly turning 
what a pound f f f f f what is that bright red i'm assuming i reassure them that everything's fine it was not that the downtime is completely normal it was not and that they shouldn't worry well they absolutely should they leave i elect to reboot the entire rack from top to bottom at least in terms of network topology i don't think it's a good idea to sort your server rack by boot order or maybe it is i don't know all i know is that i'm counting seconds in my head then i'm counting minutes Everybody's on break, and nobody's noticed that the internet went down, surely. The reboot fixed exactly nothing. At this point, it's been like 10 minutes. All the phones are still down, and I'm legitimately starting to have a panic attack. I'm imagining my actually very sweet HR lady drop-kicking me through a window over what my then still-unknown screw-up cost the company. I hear my phone vibrating. This is probably one of the higher-ups summoning me for my exit interview, isn't it? It's a text from Boss. Hey me, just wanted to let you know our phone provider called. They're actually having an outage. <laughs> I melted into the floor out of sheer relief. After explaining what happened to him, I used my cell phone to check the outage status at said landline provider. It turns out it started the exact minute I saved the new configuration into the switch. Minutes later, I hit the closest fast food and ordered uh, everything to calm down. I can't even imagine. Every once in a while, I'll be doing something where the timing is just so perfect. I, there was one time when I was a kid. I say kid, 17. Yeah, that's a kid. Anyway, I had a 1973 Chevy Nova. It wasn't a race car. It had the original inline six-cylinder, 250 cubic inch, blah, 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 blah. But it was clean and nice, and it was a good-looking car. It was solid. It drove like a champ. It had the plain black rims on it with the chrome trim rings, like, between where the tire and the rim meet, and then these baby moon caps, like, just rounded over, polished chrome moons. I don't know how else to describe them. Anyway, just a nice clean car. One day I stopped at the gas station, filled it up with gas, and as soon as I pulled away, the damn thing kept sputtering and sputting and kicking and doing all kinds of weird stuff. It was a slightly damp day. It was foggy. I remember it had rained off and on a little bit through the morning, and but I didn't think anything of that. I, like the, There was no connection in my brain. I thought surely I put some kind of crappy gas in. In fact, I used to work at that gas station, so I went back and gave the guy an earful at the gas station, who I knew, and I kind of read him the riot act because he's selling crappy gas. He looked under the hood. I didn't want him touching my car, but he looked under the hood because he was mechanically inclined and found that I had a split in my distributor, uh, my coil wire to my distributor cap. And uh, that something about the dampness just stopping and starting the luck of the draw, that split in the coil wire started making everything run stupid. So then stupid me went ahead and borrowed his car to go to the auto parts store, pick up a new set of wires and come back and he helped me put them on. He was very gracious about it and uh, didn't even say anything to me after I berated him. I did have to apologize and I ended up buying him a 12 pack after work. So it all worked out. 5.45 AM call from friend of a friend for tech support. WTF? I'm sitting here stewing in my own juices. Damn home phone, which I keep because the security system uses it. Started ringing at 5.45 AM. Yes, I was asleep, damn it. I don't get to it quickly enough. The answering machine picks it up and they hang up. Then I hear my mobile phone start ringing downstairs. Must be some kind of family emergency, so I make it downstairs in time to hear the home phone start up again. I answer, still half asleep and half scared that something big has happened. I say, hello? Friend of a friend says, hi, Dallas IT guy. This is guy you barely know. Do you have a second? I can't get my laptop on my home wireless and I need to check to make sure my flight is on time. Me. Who the F is this again? Friend of a friend says, this is guy you barely know. I'm a friend of other guy. We met at neighborhood bar a couple weeks ago. 
My internet's down and I remembered you're in IT, so I looked up your number and gave you a ring. Can you help me real quick? Then I start. You blankety blank so and so. Do you know how early it is, you presumptuous SOB? I barely even know you and you wake us up so I can help you with your damn internet connection? Don't you ever effing call me again, you blank. Friend of a friend says, uh, sorry, I didn't think you'd mind. I just... I cut him off and say, go F yourself, and then hang up. So now I'm up. Edit. I called other guy to find out if he gave the guy my home and mobile numbers. He did. Last night at about 8pm or so he claims. I made it clear to him that he's officially on my shit list as well. I'm tempted to do a conference call with both of them in the middle of the night every night for the next week, but I suppose that would keep me from sleeping as well, and therefore be self-defeating. Hell is other people. Dude, I wish, I wish one of my acquaintances, friends, whatever, relatives, would give my numbers out to some pretty much stranger so that they can call me in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning and I don't do mornings. I can work all night through the night. But ask me to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever, and uh, I can do it, but I won't function well. And because I'll be a miserable SOB, so will you. Yeah, that's never a good idea. If you want to stay friends with somebody, don't give out your other friends' numbers. Emails, nothing. Seriously, don't do it. Tales of Woe from an old IT support guy. Just joined this thread, and as a 68-year-old who spent most of his life in IT from support to management, I have accrued a few stories. It was suggested I post a few here. About 20 years ago, I was the IT manager for a large London trading bank. The traders, about 100 of them, were not known for being a calm and collected bunch. And one year, a trader was so pissed off that he didn't get the yearly bonus he wanted or expected, he threw one of the old 14-inch CRT monitors through the second floor window of the bank, which crashed to the pavement below. He could so easily have killed someone below, but as luck and timing would have it, no one got hurt. Well, he was frog-marched off the premises, and that was the last I thought anyone would see of him. But lo and behold, the next day he was back at his desk, and the bank had given him the bonus he wanted. I soon came to realize that the traders made so much money for the bank that they were really the ones running the show. The traders ran the bank. During my nine years there, I lost count of how many times a trader said he would have me sacked because I didn't attend his IT problem above everyone else. I quickly learned it was all bluff and posturing, and I grew a thick skin pretty quick. You had to in order to survive in such a high-pressure environment where any trader's system could cost the bank millions if it went down mid-trade or market collapse, etc. Anyway, just one of the many incidents, but probably the most dramatic. Others were of a more humorous nature. Oh, OP, I look forward to that. I, I'm, I'm going to try to look you up and see if I can find other stories from you because that sounds like gold. It sort of has office space vibes, uh, if you guys remember seeing that movie. Uh, I could just picture being on the street below hearing a crash, looking up with tempered glass showering onto my face, and seeing a 14-inch CRT monitor barreling towards me at terminal velocity. <sighs> a short tale from the tech guy, mother, and bank tech support. So my mom is having some trouble getting a bank statement PDF to load. Now she's smart, but I'm the tech guy, so she calls me down to figure out what the issue is while she calls the bank wondering if it's their problem. I tried to open the link to get the PDF file and get a DNS address error before it loaded a connection error. Now a few months back I had to set up a DNS address to start a guest Wi-Fi connection for a friend that was watching the dogs. So I log into the router, set it up to get the DNS from the ISP, and the problem is solved. The PDF loads on the browser. Meanwhile, on the tech support line for the bank, the lady asks about the web browser as that could be the issue. My mom answers that she's using Chrome and is told to use a Windows browser. Confused, my mom asked, what would you consider a browser? Oh, that's Mac, Chrome, Windows XP. <laughs> Mom says, I use Windows 10. Oh, that could be the problem then. 
It turns out it started the exact minute I saved the new configuration into the Switch. So I explained what I did to my mom. She didn't understand most of it and just thanked me for being around because she would have no idea how to fix this, but probably had a better chance than the lady she called. My mom said she called the bank's tech support, but I really think they just gave her someone from the desk who knows enough to use computers, but knows none of the terminology. Minutes later, I hit the closest fast food and ordered uh, everything to calm down. That sounds familiar. Same OP as the other one? I'm a fast food guy, trust me. And I'm not skinny by any stretch. But you need to slow down and find another way to cope with your stress, man. Because too much fast food, let me tell you, your blood pressure will skyrocket. Your Dunlap will get the better of you and you won't be able to fit in your clothes, behind your seatbelt, behind your desk, you name it. So be cautious. <laughs> maybe, maybe split your fast food trips in half and, you know, maybe the other half, maybe your doctor can give you some you know, Prozac or something. <laughs> so, hey guys, YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here and it really helps the channel if you click. Much appreciated. We'll see you.